if you have something to say, I'd like to hear it. I want a divorce. Are you asking me for a divorce? Divorce? I will divorce you so fast, it'll make your head spin. I want a divorce. 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 This is Dallas Divorce Talk with Don Butner and Carla Calabrese. Don and Carla guide you deep inside the world of divorce through all the ins and outs, ups and downs, and any unexpected turns. Now, your hosts to have and to hear, Don Budner and Carla Calabrese. Hello, and welcome to Dallas Divorce Talk. This is Dawn Budner. I'm here with Carla Calabrese. We are with Calabrese Huff, where family matters, and invite you to onairlive.com to watch our hopefully helpful and relevant shows where they're streaming. And today we are going to talk about marital agreements and hope to offer some perspective for the non-moneyed spouse is what we like to call Cinderella. Yep. The we, pauper. Yes. We have already addressed the prince's concerns. So now we're going to do Cinderella's concerns about pre and post marital agreements. Yes. And we thought we'd jump in first because we kind of got to the end of our segment on the prince's perspective and didn't have sufficient time to talk about a post marital agreement. And that would be an agreement entered by the parties after they're already married. And so... I think the question was that we weren't able to finish was why would anybody sign a post-marital agreement, right? And I think I was saying at the time, time, those are tough ones. I mean, they're tough ones for lots of reasons. And, you know, I will tell you, I've had many people come through my office in the last 20 plus years with post-marital agreements where I was just questioning and thinking, this is not a good idea. Um, Obviously, um, post-marriage, you've already you know, you're already married, so it's 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 odder in some ways. Plus, and the, plus why the, would anyone want to enter a post-marital agreement? Well, I don't know if anybody would want to. Well, I think there's requests for them. Um, I had a situation once where we had a client who wanted to protect some assets, some marital assets, in case his creditors. He was in a risky type business, and so he wanted to set aside a quite a bit, a chunk of change of the marital estate, and put that money uh, in the wife's. Name. Is that legal, or is that not considered, you know, hiding assets? From well, creditors? in this case, their creditors were not existent at the time. They really weren't, but he was kind of a, a, a big roller type guy, and so he had a sense that maybe down the road um, there would be uh, some creditors, you know, because of the business he was in was quite risky. So he wanted to take quite a bit of uh, of their marital assets and put it into her name. And it's called a partition. So he wanted to partition their assets so that he could protect, so they together could protect those assets in case somebody were to come after him. And, you know, it's a brilliant idea. However, in that situation, they ended up filing for divorce. And then now we've got all this separate property that's, you know, in, in the, wife's, the, the name. wife's name. Uh oh. So, yeah, a little bit, little bit funky. But that's one reason why someone might want to do a postmarital agreement. I have, I have an experience that might illustrate another reason why someone might want to do that. Okay. Um, my client came to me and had signed not one, but two postmarital agreements. And the reason that her husband offered, 
was just so sweet. He suggested that he wanted to protect her, kind of like your guy, from potential creditors so that she could protect her child support payments of, you know, $1,500 a month. And that was very touching to her. They flew to New York for her birthday and their anniversary and signed the papers there. With a lawyer? No, she didn't need to bother with that. He said his lawyer was representing them both. Oh, great. And she didn't really, she wasn't kind of one of those people that wanted to focus on a lot of details and all that. So she just went ahead and signed it. And what what turned out to actually have been his motivation was that he went from earning a wage of less than a million dollars a year to earning $12 million in one year. Mm. And so that was the motivation. That was the motivation. And so if you listened to our prior talk on marital agreements, there he was misrepresenting to her. And there were some other facts that were misrepresented. And if you do that and misrepresent the purpose for the agreement and aren't honest with the other spouse, then you're kind of opening yourself up there to having the agreement be unenforceable. Yeah, and what's interesting about a postmarital agreement is that spouses have a higher fiduciary duty to each other right and after the divorce explain, than than before yes. in a premarital setting so explain um, fiduciary duty basically for example if there are two partners in a business they have a duty because their relationship is based on trust and under Texas law one partner should be able to trust that the other partner is being honest about their common dealings and in a marriage while you are married there is also a fiduciary duty among spouses and so here like you say it's not a premarital agreement where you're not married yet in that case there is not a fiduciary duty right. yet but when you are married and it's a postmarital agreement, it's a higher standard with respect to honesty and fair dealing between the two spouses. That's right. That's right. So that means you have to be that much more careful when you are representing folks in premarital, uh, postmarital agreements to make and, sure they they are valid. Yeah, and you have um, as the spouses to be. I think, um, especially you know, for the prince, you know, uh, or whoever it is that has the money. They just have to be much more careful about what they say and what they represent and how they represent it because there is a much higher duty between spouses. And this is why we always advocate transparency and financial disclosure, disclosure. and attaching it to the agreement right. and all that good stuff. And the other thing I'll throw in while we're talking about this is we have a divorce that occurs 25 years after a marriage. And of course, technology has changed so much in these ensuing years. And the lawyer 20 plus years ago put a copy of the finally executed marital agreement, premarital agreement, in his safe with a videotape. The videotape doesn't show the content. And now 25 years later, um, suffice to say that that's not going to be sufficient to prove up the contents of, of the agreement because he hand, he didn't save a copy of it. He gave it to the client. So that was not smart. So, you know, there are lots of things you can do to increase the odds that you're not going to have a problem trying to get your agreement to be enforceable and saving adequate documentation of negotiations and revisions is important there. So we're going to run real quick and we will be back with some ideas for Cinderella in connection with these agreements. Don't split. More of 
Dallas Divorce Talk coming up next. talk about some ideas for Cinderella, the non-moneyed spouse, as we like to call her. And we're we're assuming the traditional roles here where the prince is the moneyed guy. And so in keeping with that theme, um, I actually had a case in which the moneyed spouse had family money and a lot of it, like a lot. And the family insisted that he have his spouse-to-be sign an agreement that said that in the event of death or divorce at any time that she got goose egg. And it was brutal. It was brutal. We did it collaboratively, and I got to say, she is so much better off because we did it collaboratively. Right. As a team, we knocked our heads against the wall until we figured out Crea- a few things creative that we could things, do. Yeah. Yes, we got really creative around trying to think about the future, uh, you know, assuming, God forbid, you know, the husband dies after they've got a boatload of kids. Um, you know, the family wants to say, well, we're going to take care of the kids. But, but not you. Yeah, it's not that simple, right? Yeah. I mean, they've got now this fancy lifestyle and all that. And so how do you deal with that? Uh, and what, what, what did your team come up with? Well, one idea that we came up with was to purchase life insurance on the husband, the right. moneyed spouse. And that way, if down the road the moneyed spouse died, then the non-moneyed spouse would still be protected in terms of that lifestyle. Right. And that person, I guess, could afford a pretty hefty life insurance policy too. So, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Even and things out. So yeah. that that was a, a great solution. Um, but you know, it's not always those facts, right? I mean, sometimes you just, you've just got kind of an uneven situation. Or like you said in the other piece that we did, that you've got this young, you know, tech guy who at 37 right. has got tens of millions of dollars and he's marrying someone that doesn't have money. Right. And of course, you know, the world is their oyster. What, you know, who right. needs to think about bad stuff happening? Right. But... If you're representing the wife in that situation, A, you sure are glad she came to a lawyer, um, but B, you need to help her figure out 
how to gain some security for herself in this situation yeah. if things go south. Yeah, and if she's not going to work, I think one thing that you were talking about earlier was possibly having some kind of salary, you know, at least as much as what he would pay for child I guess, care. Child care, yeah, right, at least bare minimum. And these days, child care is not cheap. That's right. Um, but um, but you know, th- maybe building some kind of salary, building in four hundred one k. Sorry, not four hundred one k. IRAs for her. Right. Um, you know, definitely building in maybe a like we talked about earlier a schedule of payments depending on the n- length of uh, the marriage and the number of, number of children. But I do think the retirement, like I said earlier, the ret- retirement is really key. Um, you've really got to think about how you can um, help um, build a retirement for your, um, if you're the Cinderella, you really got to be thinking about your retirement. You know, what is it that, right. you know, what is it? Because you're, if something happens in that marriage and it's all separate property, you won't have a retirement, and that and that'll be a problem. And this is where, honestly, a big reason, Carla, I know that you and I wanted to do this show, is that we want women out there to understand that the world has not changed as much as we might hope in certain respects, right. and it is very unfriendly to women in this situation where. They don't have money in their own right. They don't have, uh, you know, means of employment, certainly not sufficient to support the lifestyle that they have. And some of them, I mean, we have plenty of women who come in our office and they're in their 50s and 60s. And are they expected then to go into the workforce? You know, maybe don't, never went to college. I mean, lots of ladies that are extremely bright and intelligent and have raised families are finding themselves in this situation and there's no retirement and their husband's just taking care of the finances. Right. And so if, you, if you're one of those and you're starting, I mean, you know, if today you're looking at a premarital agreement, you know, that's, you know, you've got to be thinking about all that. You've got to be thinking about how do you protect yourself so that you can have um a retirement or whatever. So that's why we're talking about some of those ideas. That, right. You know, that well, you, you ought to be asking for, asking your lawyers when you're going in and being asked to sign a premarital agreement. Well, and it's it's really the case that anyone who's getting married should be thinking about these issues. You right. just should. Right. And even if you're very young and you've got your whole life ahead of you, you should be thinking, we're living a lot longer now. And Definitely. If, if you spend some of your key years that if you were in the workforce, that's when you would be really earning your income. If you're spending those married and not working, then at the very least, you have got to be establishing credit in your own name, having your own accounts, and at least doing the the minimum so that you've got some retirement if yeah. things don't end up working out. Yeah. Definitely. And so many people don't do this. Yeah, I mean, how? What percentage of women would you say that come into our office are have have taken care of these things versus not? Well, of the stay-at-home moms who you know do an am- amazing service, I think to our children and whatnot, I'd say very few. Very I mean, few. They've honestly, not they've not taken care of that. I I think ninety percent of the women forget yeah. about just carving out stay-at-home moms. You think, I think even the ones that work. I think 90% mm. of the women have not taken Th- care of this. Thought about this, yeah. Yes. Probably true. And 
please, please, please just do it. Don't this, you know, we all love to avoid thinking about negative things, but this is not, I mean, this is like your pap smear women. <laughs> Need and, I say more? Yeah. And, and if I you're can. actually talking about premarital agreements, then you are talking about a potential divorce. So that's right. That's exactly. exactly. Planning Husband has already teed up the issue, people. Yeah, 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 so yeah. sticking your head in the sand is yeah. just ignoring your interests. Right. Definitely. No doubt. Exactly. So, so that's our Cinderella talk. Yes. For- and if you guys have further questions on any of these issues, we invite you to our Dallas Divorce Talk Facebook page. And certainly you are more than welcome to call us or email us. It's Our email addresses are Dawn and Carla at calabresehuff.com. And we really, really want to help and answer your questions and educate folks. So tell some of your friends what, what you just heard today. And let's change this scenario so we don't have so many women in this situation because it's not right. And we're headed off to break. Break.